Hello, it's day six of the Dog Days of Podcasting, Friday, August 6th, 2021. If you don't know what's going on, listen to yesterday's episode. Today I'm going to talk about the types of radioactive decay. We described what radioactivity was yesterday. Also, I want to note that I made an error yesterday, actually a couple of math errors. One was super minor, but the other one was less minor, and it was when I talked about uranium. I said that uranium-235 comprised 0.72% of all uranium, and then I said U238 was 92.3%. I meant that U238... I meant to say that U-238 was 99.3%, not 92.3%. Minor, I know, but I wanted to fix it. Also, much of what you're going to hear in the next few weeks comes from a book I read called Isotopes, a very short introduction by Rob Ellum. And it kind of gave me the idea to even do this whole series. So I'll be stealing a number of uh, either write from him or ideas from him for what I'm going to be talking about in the next few weeks. So again, yesterday we learned that unstable or radioactive isotopes decay. What does that mean? I didn't really say what that meant. There are actually various types of decay. Here are three of them that I'm going to mention, three really common ones. Number one, alpha decay. This is where an isotope nucleus ejects a particle called an alpha particle. The alpha particle contains two protons and two neutrons. As such, a new element must be formed since the number of protons determines the element. The ejected particle, two protons and two neutrons, the alpha particle, is itself the nucleus of a helium atom, specifically helium-4. Thus, an alpha particle is a helium-4 nucleus. In other words, helium-4 without its electrons. So, for example, samarium-147, that is an isotope of samarium that has 62 protons and 85 neutrons. It tends to undergo alpha decay, producing an alpha particle, helium-4, nucleus, and neodymium-143, which has 60 protons and 83 neutrons. Neodymium has two less protons and two less neutrons than the samarium it began with. The isotope number is always reduced by four. Samarium-147 goes to neodymium-143. It's reduced by four, by two protons and two, ne two neutrons. It all has to add up. Another example, americium-241 isotope undergoes alpha decay to become neptunium-237 isotope. The new element is always two less than what you began with because you lose two protons. Another type of decay is called beta decay, conveniently. In this case, a neutron in the nucleus converts into a proton and it ejects an electron. The electron in this part in this process is called a beta particle. So that's why this is called beta decay. We don't really care about the electron as far as the nucleus goes, it just escapes. So for example, C14, carbon 14, decays via beta decay into nitrogen 14. In this transformation, the carbon 14, which has six protons and eight neutrons, 
comes nitrogen-14, which has seven protons and seven neutrons. You actually create a new element one proton higher than the one you began with since you produce a proton from a neutron. So in other words, the element, the isotope, will gain a proton, it loses a neutron. But since the neutron just turns into a proton, the isotope number remains the same. So C14 becomes N14. Tritium, or hydrogen-3, is another good example of an element that undergoes beta decay. The hydrogen-3 atom, which has one proton and two neutrons, is, undergoes beta decay to become helium-3. Again, hydrogen-3 to helium-3. Helium-3 has two protons and one neutron. So one neutron in hydrogen became a proton in helium. By the way, don't confuse helium-3 which is produced in this case from helium-4. That's the alpha particle as part of alpha decay. Two different things. A third type of decay is spontaneous fission. You've probably heard of fission. It's part of the atomic bomb process. In that case, it's an induced fission. Spontaneous fission often occurs with really heavy elements. This is a bit more like a general case of alpha decay. Alpha decay, you always get uh, an alpha particle, which is helium-4 nucleus. In this, in spontaneous fission, you can produce all types of different elements. Certain ones are kind of favored in certain cases. Uh, there are kind of some rules about this, but we're not going to worry about that. Here's just some examples. Uranium-235 when it, when it undergoes fission, will produce barium and krypton. Plutonium-239, which is synthetic, when it undergoes fission, will give you xenon and zircon. Fermium-256, when it undergoes fission, it's also synthetic, by the way, it will, uh, about, uh, let me start over. Fermium-256 undergoes spontaneous fission about 90% of the time when it decays. 3% of the time it does something else. Uh, and when it does decay, it converts into xenon-140 and palladium-112. Obviously, you just need to learn what every single one of these elements does. I don't. I looked all these things up. In the process, by the way, fermium-256 will also eject four neutrons. So fission reactions can spit out neutrons as well. There are other ways isotopes can decay. This was just three of them. There's another one called electron capture, in which the nucleus actually steals an electron from itself and undergoes a decay in that way. And there's other types of decays, but these are three of the biggies. And some isotopes decay by more than one pathway, like we saw with fermium. It has a couple of ways it can uh, decay. Also, an element can decay into a second element, which itself decays into a third element and so on. So you can get multiple uh, decays happening. Uh, the, the final thing that can happen is that you can also spit out electromagnetic radiation, for example, gamma rays. You can think of a gamma ray as a really high-energy X-ray, so even more energy than an X-ray. Therefore, they're pretty dangerous. Speaking of danger, what about the dangers of some of these radioactive products? Because alpha particles are relatively large, being a whole helium-4 nucleus in, in in this sense, that's actually big. A helium-4 
a nucleus is big, that's an alpha particle, they cannot penetrate very far. They're, they're big. And they can't even get through a sheet of paper. So when they're outside of the body, they don't really hurt you very much. And I, maybe if you were blasted with a lot of them, they would. But generally, they're not very harmful if they're produced outside of your body. However, if they're produced inside of your body, they're going to hit something within you and then they can be dangerous. Beta particles, those are those high energy electrons, they can penetrate a little bit more deeply, but again are only really dangerous if eaten or inhaled. Beta particles can be shot, stopped by a sheet of aluminum foil or plexiglass. Gamma rays, like x-rays, are stopped by lead, so they're more serious. Neutrons, when they're spit out, like I said with fermium, because they lack a charge, they just tend to really penetrate deeply because they're not attracted to anything for a while. And they are best stopped by extremely thick layers of concrete or liquids like water or, or fuel oil. Gamma rays and neutrons, because they are so penetrating, can have severe effects on the cells of humans and other animals. Until tomorrow, juice.